0: Fell right down
1: that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Hard that murder may have Tipped while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Happy that goes bump at night Overthinking if you're by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy To make sure it all fits in just right hey. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Now here's your hosts, Jerry and Tracy
2: Paul, and their dogs, Ninja. And sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. Hey there, it's Tim Dennis from Darkness Radio, and you are listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories with Jerry and Tracy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 344 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
0: And I'm Tracy.
2: Tracy, obviously we want to start off thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thanks for everything you guys do to keep everybody safe and sound every day. Um, You know, we've obviously had some friends that uh, ran into some medical uh, situations this past week and... Obviously EMS had to be called, so I mean, again, that's just something that that's just one instance out of thousands that happen oh every gosh. single day. Yes. To where you know you you guys and gals that are that are out there, um, just taking care of EMS and stuff like that. I mean, just you you never get the credit you deserve, and I just wanted to to say an extra thank you to all you uh, that that work in that medical field and the military and and. every every other field that encompasses that firemen you guys don't get mentioned by name every week but we probably should
0: And uh, absolutely you guys are just amazing to do your job day in and day out and I can't imagine the things that you see but we appreciate y'all so much and love y'all and thank you for taking good care of us Uh, speaking of which we would like to wish Sean a speedy recovery he had a scary incident this week and uh, thank god he's still with us and hopefully they'll figure out what's going on with him
2: absolutely also you know not just from the the physical side of things but there's a lot of people struggling mentally there's a lot of uh, people that are dealing with depression and various different reasons that can cause that to spike and you know, we, we talk to our share of people every week. The group is uh, outstanding at constantly coming to the aid of people who need that. And we just want to say thank you to everyone in the group that that has taken that responsibility on. It's not easy. Trust me.
0: Yeah, it's not. And you guys have been a great help to us because we'd like to field every single you know person that needs help and they're but we're just two people so we cannot ever do this without you guys. And if you want to go the other route, you can call uh 988. You could also text 741 741. The 988 is a crisis hotline, so I think just if you need any to talk to anybody about anything, they're there to help you as well.
2: So Tracy, this week uh it, it's been a good week, as far as as far as me, as far as physically getting better. I do struggle a little bit still uh, some days with uh, energy levels, mm-hmm. so it does make it tough to get everything done. I've missed an episode of uh, Erie Encounters earlier this week, which I replaced with something else. And I'll be honest with you, I just decided that um, next week, uh, or I guess technically this week since it's a Sunday, but we're probably I'm probably not going to do. Eerie encounters this week. I'm probably not going to do dead time stories just to finish resting up because I think I'm on the verge of being really close to being 100% back.
0: I hope so, honey. Man, struggled.
2: And I want to uh just take the week to take it as easy as I can and finish up strong. But with that being said, man, oh man, have I recorded some listeners that and initially this was going to be these were going to be listener story episodes that were going to uh go on the bonus episode and these were longer 30 30 minute conversations and they were so intense that i decided to use them as bonus episodes this week in in place of those two episodes oh good so you're still going to get maybe even honestly as far as as far as what you'll gain from it, you're going to get something better because, um, man, great stories. Sunny uh, is one of them, and, and she's got cryptid stories and paranormal stories. That one is awesome. So for, strictly from a paranormal stories, you're going to love this. And then Trina's story that we'll we'll do on Thursday, man, heart-wrenching. I would say they're obviously don't know this. Hope I never find out. But losing a child has to be the um, most horrible thing that a person can go through. Mm -hmm. And she has went through that. But she's also experienced some incredible things that everybody listening needs to hear this. So even if you skip over some of these personal interviews and stuff. That, that come up or listener stories don't skip this one because trust me there are valuable lessons for everybody involved but if you especially if you're a parent who's lost a child and and have had obviously the struggles that go along with that there might be something in here that'll help you out a little bit so
0: uh, yeah i have not heard the story as of yet but i do know that i came up when they were recording and jerry literally had tears running down his face so, this story has really touched him, and I can't wait to hear it. And so, if you don't listen to anything else, please listen to this story.
2: Yeah, I literally had 30 minutes of her telling me a story with tears streaming.
0: Yeah. So, it's it's going to be a very touching one. So, I hope you guys tune in for that.
2: With that being said, tonight's story is a little bit shorter. I still think it's a really good story, but... It's a little bit shorter than our normal story, but we also have on Tara Saraban. She is Australian. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
0: Good day, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she uh, used to host a show with Barney. Tara and Barney would host uh, My Bloody Murder, and we've had them on the show before. This mm-hmm. is several years ago. And uh, she has since. She does a more of a fun show, lighthearted show, called World's Dumbest Criminals. Mm-hmm. So we have a good, fun, uh, lighthearted conversation where we talk about some of that. And uh, so we've got that on right after we finish that one. But Tracy, we've covered a few haunted caves on this podcast before. The most famous would obviously be the Bell Witch Cave in Tennessee. But we also covered the Mammoth Cave in our own state of Kentucky. Yep. Today's haunted cave, though, is right back in Tennessee. Unlike the Bellwitch Cave, it's on the complete other side of the state in the Chattanooga area. So if you've ever been within 100 miles of Chattanooga, you're going to see billboards out the wazoo for two places over and over. The first is Rock City. I have known about Rock City my entire life and didn't have a damn clue what the hell it was. Mm -hmm. Because there's signs. Right. You know, everywhere. And we're close enough to where you'll see signs if you travel, Mm -hmm. you know...
0: Further south. Yeah, a little
2: bit further south, you start seeing them. The other one is the subject of today's episode, Ruby Falls.
0: Ruby Falls.
2: And honestly, I had no clue that Ruby Falls was a cave until I stumbled across the story. But to touch on what I was saying earlier, Ruby Falls in Rock City... Have engaged in extensive advertising campaigns for decades, and I don't just mean like, you know, along the roadside you see the signs. As far as billboards, because you got that, but I'm talking on barn roofs, hotel lobbies. Mm-hmm. They've all got. But it's if you ever ridden in the South and you see a, a a barn, and in the roof of it says, "Go see Rock City," that's what it's talking about.
0: Uh-huh.
2: They don't do a good job of. Ex- explaining what they are right
0: but like, i guess it just piques your interest though before. i guess because like i
2: said i've seen rock city my entire life and mm-hmm. had no clue I actually found out at the same time when i found out that this was a cave what rock city was okay and i mean i thought it was i thought it was like a a big shop where you would find rocks and stuff you know like uh like a mining thing no well kind of but you know how you can go to like uh mammoth cave mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have souvenir shops and a lot of them they'll sell uh like, like, gites or, 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 what or what swag they?
0: like, yeah they'll yeah.
2: but they'll have rocks from the caves mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm.
0: that's what you thought it was i thought
2: that's what rock city was Well,
0: i mean that kind of makes sense yeah
2: so i mean but come to find out it's like area it's like um these areas that you walk through that are formed of rocks but it's like little passageways and stuff you walk through so it's You know, smaller, like it's just enough room to walk through for a person and stuff like that. That's what I got out of it anyway from what I saw. But then I found out that Ruby Falls was actually a cave. Because if you see Ruby Falls, and that's all you see, you don't think that it's a cave. And we've been to Chattanooga or through that area a bunch in the past year and a half, two Mm -hmm. years.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And have seen the signs and had no clue it was a cave. (laughs) Anyways, Ruby Falls is a cave. And it's in Lookout Mountain. And it ends with a marvelous waterfall. It's really tall, too. I forgot how many feet it is. Oh, really? Yeah. More on that in just a little bit, though. Ruby Falls is actually part of a larger cave system called the Lookout Mountain Caverns. Now, Lookout Mountain Cave, which was the original, has actually been known by by Native Americans and uh, settlers in that area for centuries. It was also heavily utilized during the um, Civil War. Oh. I don't know how they utilized are, it, but yeah. they obviously used I don't know if they, uh, like, used it for to store weapons or to hide out or, or what the deal was. But The natural entrance, though, was actually closed off when the railroad tunnel was constructed in that area in 1905. But in the 1920s, there was a chemist and an amateur spelunker. You know what a spelunker is? Cave Explorer. Uh-huh. Cave Explorer. Uh-huh. Is a Splunker. His name was Leo Lambert. And he, he created the Lookout Mountain Cave Company. He his intentions was to reopen the cave and make it a business venture. So he wanted people to be able to go in and see it and all this stuff. Now we're talking about the uh Lookout Mountain Cave. That's the original one that the main entrance was. Uh, covered up when they did the tunnel. So he thought, well, we'll go in there and we'll redig another opening, and then we'll open it up and have tours and stuff like that. As the workers were drilling, though, for an elevator shaft, a smaller cave was discovered right above. Now, this is in 1928. Lambert knew that there wasn't a lot of space to be able to get through here, so he wriggles his way through And he starts to explore the smaller cave. He completely fell in love with the intricate formations. And then ultimately found the falls at the very end of the cave, which he named after his wife, Ruby.
0: Well, that was very sweet.
2: When all was said and done, both caves, Lookout Mountain Cave and Ruby Falls, were both open to the tourists. But Ruby Falls was much more popular. Tours would eventually end at Lookout Mountain Cave, and over times, like it's available now, I believe, and they added music and some lights and stuff like that to enhance the cave experience mm-hmm. there. But Ruby Falls didn't really need all that because it was
0: beautiful it, on it its was, own. It was yeah.
2: Beautiful all on its own. Now here's the story. Sometime between the discovery of the falls and when the cave opened to the public in 1929 one of leo lambert's assistants doing uh a little more exploring into the cave found something he was explore he was exploring every little nook and cranny hoping to discover another hidden wonder this explorer's name was lomax now he was a way more experienced spelunker mm-hmm than what some of the others were. So he was able to take some chances that not some of the other ones were able to do. Well, Lomax found a small gap between walls. It wasn't the smartest thing to do, but he pressed himself in through the opening and he found himself in an area that was roughly the size of a living room. He said you could fully stand up in this area. But next, Lomax found an entrance to an even larger chamber. This one featured several other passageways that led off of it. Lomax, though, made a huge boo-boo. In all his excitement of exploring and seeing stuff and going further and further...
0: You forgot where he came from?
2: Well, he lost track of his equipment and his supplies. No brother. And because of this oversight... His candle burned out, and he wasn't able to light another one. He didn't have another one to light. So he had absolutely no light whatsoever. And if you've ever been in a cave. Mm
0: -hmm. It's dark up in that beast.
2: Yes, they will typically at some point in time on some of these tours shut the lights off so you can see what absolute darkness is. And trust me, it is absolute. You can't see anything. With that being said, now Lomax was in absolute darkness. Now He was smart enough to know that when he didn't show up at the end of the day, that they were going to send a search party, which they did. Well, let's remember, he was in an undiscovered spot of mm-hmm. the cave. So they looked all throughout the cave, every little space that they knew to look. Only then... Did someone find the passage that Lomax took? So Lomax tried to remain calm, as calm as you could be. He sat along the wall of one of the passengers, and he was staring forward into the darkness. The men were actually calling out to him, but at this point, he could only respond with some short, incoherent babble. I don't know what had happened at that point, but he just couldn't talk. Hmm. Maybe it was the atmosphere down there, maybe it was fear, who knows, but he couldn't talk. Therefore, Lomax's rescuers knew something had to be terribly wrong, because they could hear him. But
0: Oh, they could hear him, well, that's good. Yeah,
2: they could hear him. When they found Lomax, he was completely unresponsive. But they were able to, to get him back you know, to his feet, they got him to the surface. Eventually, he was able to speak normally, but what he would say would only make the mystery even stranger. He would only repeat, do not go further in the cave. Do not go further in the cave. They end up taking Lomax to the nearest hospital, where eventually he, uh, you know, made more or less, a full recovery. Once he was completely well, his fellow co-workers tried to kind of press him a little bit to expound on what he meant when he said, don't go any further in the cave. He refused, and he never returned to Ruby Falls, and in fact, shortly after, moved completely away from the Chattanooga area
0: the heck did he see
2: i don't know and nobody knows there is a rumor too but i've heard this rumor a thousand times and stuff that uh within being taken out of the cave within like two weeks his hair turned completely white
0: what that's
2: what they said now, it could be hair dye it could be just for men i don't know if they had that in the i don't 20s. think just
0: for men want white, white hair
2: i think yeah. it's the opposite that's true The chamber, he discovered, was actually opened, and it was widened to accommodate tourists. After it was opened to the public, the portion of uh, that cave was met with some strange rumors, though.
0: Wait, I thought he said do not go in there.
2: Well, you think people are going to listen when money's involved? Oh,
0: true story, I guess.
2: Some swore that there had been the discovery of human bones in that chamber. But was it rumors? Who knows? Others, and this included tourists and guides, experienced maybe what Lomax had experienced when he was down there. As we mentioned earlier, it's customary for some tour guides to turn off the light so you can experience absolute darkness. Mm -hmm. They actually do that here on the tours. Here's what would happen. Tour members would be completely freaked out when several would have the exact same experience on the same tour. They had been touched by an icy set of fingers. And not just touched, fingers placed around their neck <laughs> as if they were going to be choked.
0: No thanks.
2: Even though no one was standing close to them when the lights were shut off and no one was close to them when the lights were turned on. And trust me when I say a cave where the flooring is uneven and you got stalagmites, or stalagmites and stalactites all over the place is not a place in the complete dark where you want to try to run up to somebody. Oh, heck after no, the lights I don't. Are on. Uh-uh. So, let's go back to Lomax. We mentioned that he had trouble speaking. Had he been choked by something? Is this why he had trouble speaking?
0: And mm, that would make sense.
2: I mean, who knows?
0: Yep, that would make total sense.
2: And eventually there was enough of these stories that the cave shut down tours to what they called the Lomax Chambers in the 1940s. Mm. Supposedly, it was sealed off and due to either poor record keeping uh, the or, or just not wanting to know, the exact location is unknown and uh, it's reportedly just avoided these days. But that's not the only haunted story here.
0: Hmm. Do tell.
2: According to Stony River Paranormal, there's a presence of at least five different spirits at the cave and at the visitor center. Two of these spirits are Leo Lambert and his wife Ruby, who the falls are named after. There's also a security guard who fell down an elevator shaft. Oddly, there are spirits of several children thought to be haunting the visitor center. Now, according to Amy Petula, owner of the Chattanooga Ghost Tour, who we've mentioned before on here because we took her tour, the security guard has a few ways of making his presence known. (laughs) The spirits are usually accompanied by the smell of sugar cookies. It seems odd, wouldn't you think?
0: Yep, but that would make me come uh follow it.
2: <laughs> the reason this is though is because his wife used to pack sugar cookies in his lunch every day.
0: <laughs>
2: First of all, that's good because I like sugar cookies. But yep. second of all, let's get a little variety. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with a little oatmeal raisin on occasion.
0: Mm-hmm. Chocolate chip every now and then.
2: You know, I'm Nutty one, Buddy. I'm one of the few people that chocolate chip is like way down my list of favorite cookies. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I like peanut butter cookies.
0: hmm
2: I like, obviously, I like sugar cookies. I like, uh, what's those ones? Snickerdoodles. I, like, I don't uh, like
0: those. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that.
2: You don't like cinnamon, though. Yeah. But chocolate chip is, like, way down the list. I'll eat them, and I'm more apt to eat it if they're fresh mm-hmm. than, like, if they're store bought. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Definitely. Oreo
2: cookies are the best. That's, oh, my number, that's sure. the number one
0: Double stuff up
2: on her. <laughs> Anyway, this uh, security guard is also said to be somewhat of a prankster. He likes to unscrew the light bulbs in one particular section of the cave. Because that's the only section where the light bulb becomes partially unscrewed.
0: Mm.
2: And they have to screw it back in to get it to work. A previous guy who worked there said that one time he and his girlfriend were in a haunted attraction that Ruby Falls puts on around Halloween time. How cool would it be to go into a haunted house that's in a cave?
0: That would be very cool.
2: We may sure. have to. We may have to make arrangements. Yeah, for that.
0: that would be nice.
2: Because Chattanooga is only like four hours from us. So, anyways, they're at this haunted attraction, It's Halloween Town. Something invisible, he said, grabbed his girlfriend's glow stick necklace and yanked it up towards her head. There was actually nobody close to them at the time
0: rude all up in her space
2: this next story i'm really iffy on but i thought i'd do it anyway
0: okay
2: somebody named sammy j she was also there during the haunted attraction time she says that there's an entity there and it's not friendly okay Mm -hmm. her reasons are kind of sketchy but i'll give them to you anyway she says she was there for the haunted attraction back on october uh on a friday night in october of 2020 so, right around COVID time, she panicked and was asked to be taken back from the cave to go sit in the visitor center. I guess, wait on her friends. She was told that she had to wait outside where the doors would lock behind her. And she's like, um, no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting inside the visitor center. But I think they were closing the visitor center down at that time, which okay. is why. She. Wanted to protect herself, so she bought the only pocket knife that they. You know how they have pocket knives with like names and stuff as souvenirs. Yeah. She bought one, and uh, it only had. They only had one left, and it had the name of uh, Alfred on it, which is odd. That's the yeah. well, only thing. they only have one left. Anyway, she buys the pocket knife because uh, she wanted to make sure she had something to protect herself with, and she said that. She's sitting there waiting. And in the Zotar machine, you know those things. Oh yeah. She said it kept talking. She couldn't make a she, she didn't know why it kept talking, but it kept talking the whole time she was there. Anyway, she kept a pocket knife on her until her friends got back to her. That's the end of the story. <laughs> so kind of I think she was just scared. Yeah. But I don't think it had anything to do. With like. those. No credibility to her story whatsoever. <laughs> she just she's there for a haunted attraction. She got scared. Big yeah. deal. So anyways. That's what I got for Ruby Falls. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. And then uh, we'll be back to uh, cover a few little housekeeping things. And then Tara Saraban will be on.
0: Sounds great. All
2: right, Tracy. So I did did want to make a couple of things clear because I had somebody ask me something. But it doesn't look like they're, well, I'm not even going to say it doesn't look like it's not going to happen. New Orleans this year tried and tried and tried it's too hard to get something set up uh so as much as i wanted it to happen and now you start throwing the health situation on where they're telling me to take it a little bit easier it's a trip we don't really need to add on in a, in a year that's already really busy mm-hmm. that's true. so uh still working on the cruise i feel like i'm a broken record with that but i mean it's it's going to happen, but the it's the, the dates just aren't available for when we're looking yet. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's more the holdup than anything. It's nothing else. It's just the dates that we want to do for July of 2024, they've only got like one or two cruises available. And we're trying to wait till we have a, a handful to choose from.
0: What about June?
2: Well, June won't work either.
0: Why?
2: It just won't. Everybody wants to do July. Okay. And then that gives us a, a one less month to be able for everybody to get it paid for. So, uh, I, you know, it's either July and August is when school starts back. That's yeah. why we're not doing it in August. So, anyways, that's where we're at on that. A uh, bunch of the other live shows, they're all still going. Cool stage setups and everything. We're excited. We just ordered a bunch of new stuff. Our, our stage setup is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. Our table is going to be completely different. we got different stuff there. Nothing is going to look the same. Nothing. So, we're excited.
0: Except for us.
2: Yeah, we'll be the same.
0: How sad is that?
2: Somewhat. <laughs> Anyways, Tracy, what do you got going on over there?
0: Well, for my iTunes, I have C Candy, Mojo Lobster, K Cummins, G Z G E 3, and Doug Towns. Thank you guys for your awesome reviews. We appreciate y'all so much. Keep yes, we them do. coming. And then our Patreon this week was Melody Anderson. Thank you, beautiful. We appreciate your support. And you guys, they're just rocking it out with us and hanging with us, and we're so glad. And We I, look forward to seeing you guys coming up, and then uh, we're like getting excited now. I just like, okay, we're here at this point; it's the end of February. Like, bam, it's gonna start up soon, yeah, so it's we're a, it's, very excited. I mean, we're
2: literally six weeks away from that first show. I with, know, I'm so with excited. Us in Ohio and I think Louisville. I said
0: that like three times already. Probably so. I did. We can't wait to see you all. You make our whole year, and. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. That's how I feel about it.
2: Absolutely. Now let's take some time to listen to Tara Saraban and her awesome Australian accent. Good day. Hey guys, it's not often that we get uh, to have special guests on from other continents, but that's the situation tonight. We have Tara Saraban on and she is a host of World's Dumbest Criminals podcast all the way over from the land under. See, I, I try to be a little uh, Australian like that, but uh, I don't do a very good job of it. But anyway, Tara, <laughs> thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. And also, pretty much no one can do Australian accents. Uh, even Meryl Streep couldn't quite nail it when she played Lindy Chamberlain. So it's a pretty tough gig to try and emulate.
2: It's, you know, one thing I've never had a problem distinguishing, though, is the difference between an English and an and, and a, uh Australian accent. I know some people struggle between the two, but I've n- I've never had a problem distinguishing between the two.
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty different. Um, what about New Zealanders though? We have a very similar accent to them.
2: It, it is very similar, and I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference. If somebody I, I kind of know it's it's either Australian or New New Zealand, but I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference.
1: Some people also find South African to be a bit Australian, but I don't really hear that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess we're learning a lot on this already. We've learned a lot about accents right in the very beginning. So <laughs> let's let's, <laughs> let's let's jump forward on why I have you on the show now. You've been podcasting for a long time, and you had a show on before where you kind of did some true crime stuff. Most of y'all stuff was from Australia, right?
1: Um, it was kind of 50-50, really.
2: Was it really? Uh, we did,
1: yeah, um, Barney preferred to cover Australian stuff, but I like to cover just the most bizarre things I could find. And that was often overseas stuff.
2: So the show was bloody murder and uh, you guys sent in a story for us years ago. I can't remember if it was for the Halloween episode or if it was uh, uh, just as a special guest, but you guys were on it. Heck, I think that had to be at least four years ago.
1: Oh yeah. If not more, I, I think it was a Halloween episode actually, but it was so, so yeah, long but- ago. All of our yeah, cells are pretty much regenerated <laughs> since then. <laughs>
2: But you've kind of branched out now and now you're doing more of a, a funny show, a fun show about the world's dumbest criminals. Tell me a little bit about why you branched into that area as opposed to doing more just the traditional true crime stuff.
1: Well, bloody murder was comedy, true crime, but obviously dealing more with a murder kind of topic. And when production on that ground to a halt, I wanted to keep doing podcasting, but, um, I wasn't quite sure which direction to go in. But I know the comedy thing, since I was already sort of doing that to some degree, I figured it was best to stick with that and try my luck with something a bit lighter because I figured I could always try some serious stuff later on if I so desired. But I was more interested because I'm a big true crime head. Like I'm quite fascinated by it. And like everyone else who who is really into true crime, I listen and watch way too much of it and I kind of wanted to make a true crime show that was a lot more light because, you know, if you're really into true crime, you end up kind of just listening to so much dark stuff and I thought it would be would be a good idea to try and make something that was equally as interesting but just far lighter and more amusing and nobody died, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> people dying, you got to face it, murder's Murder's not funny, so it's a bit of a difficult topic to be doing comedy around. So, yeah, I wanted to do something that I, I found interesting as well, but that was just a bit more lighter and sort of you can have more fun with it
2: because so there anybody... are a lot
1: of stupid criminals in the world all Ain't around, the and they do some very nutty things. Um, and also their reasoning behind it and their defence strategies is always quite interesting. So
2: for example, oh sorry that's all right and we got a delay that's what happened when you're 15 hours uh. behind our different schedules <laughs> <laughs> but so for somebody who hasn't listened to your newest show the world's dumbest criminals give me like a, a little example of what the show is
1: okay um so it's mostly in the title um, but it's just a show about the most sort of bizarre, ridiculous, and just plain stupid criminals and crime stories in the world. And I cover a lot of different things. We've got we've got flashes. We've got perverts. We've got people who fake their own kidnappings. Uh, a lot of robberies with stupid weapons like a cucumber in a sock. Um, a Polish guy tried to rob a bank with a spoon. <laughs> the tellers pretty much just laughed him out of there. Um, What else does it cover? Oh, there's all kinds of weird drug things like drug dealers who accidentally try to sell weed to their probation officer because they're just sending shooting out a text to everyone seeing if they want to buy some (laughs) shit. Um, I just did one actually about a woman who thought her her ex-husband's new partner was a witch and she'd cast a spell on her to make her go blind, which couldn't have worked exactly because she was out shopping and she could see. But when she bumped into the witch and the ex-husband, she went off at the witch, called her ugly, and then she went out into the parking lot and scratched his car up with her keys. And I'm thinking if she really thought that the woman was a witch who'd cast a spell on her, would you call them ugly and then go and destroy, like, their partner's car? That's not going to lift a spell, Jerry, is it?
2: That's going to make more spells
1: happen, don't you think? (laughs) 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 But it worked as a defence strategy for her. Um, but her lawyer was like, you know, oh, girl, it's a defense strategy. She believes in that. And the judge was like, well, I know you believe that. So, um, no criminal record for you. We'll just give you a little fine. So I don't know if you ever find yourself in a spot of legal trouble, maybe start talking about witchcraft.
2: <laughs> yeah. The old witch defense, it didn't work really well in Salem, but you know, Hey,
1: <laughs> oh no, that was the witch offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but don't try it in Salem still probably although I, th- I think they're embracing the witch culture now
2: oh they definitely are embracing it now it's as commercial as it gets <laughs> <laughs> so is, yeah, there, but- is, is there any story that you've done or oh, since you started doing this podcast that just stands out amongst the others that there is there one where it's just all these are stupid criminals but man this one takes the cake
1: Oh, there's actually several. Uh, I I never fail to be surprised by the stories I come across. I just did one in my most recent episode. Uh, There was a guy in Atlanta who was wanted for murder and he'd done a runner. They eventually caught up with him. He'd been charged with murder, bailed out, and then he did another runner, even though he's got an ankle monitor on, so I guess they weren't looking too hard to try and find him. Uh, But he went to a McDonald's and he got lukewarm fries instead of hot fries. Granted, he's a wanted man on the run from the cops in a McDonald's. So what does he do? Does he just go, oh, these fries are a bit cold? No, he has a big tantrum. He picks a fight with the owner. He hurls the food at him. Then he goes into the parking lot and he calls 911 about the lukewarm fries. And there was great police body cam footage of it as well. Uh, He lied to the officer about how to spell his name. But, you know, he just added some extra vows like he was on Wheel of Fortune and he'd bought a few. (laughs) Uh, But, of course, the officer figured it out and he came back with this big warning that he's wanted and he's armed and he's dangerous. And, of course, eventually he ends up getting arrested, though he does another runner, so there's a bit of a tasing going on there first. But I think that's got to take the cake for the most stupid one. You're wanted for murder. You call the cops about your lukewarm fries at McDonald's. I mean, come on.
2: You know... First of all, even if you weren't wanted for murder, that's an idiotic thing to do about calling the police about fast food, because it's never going to turn out in your favor. I don't know what people are thinking, but you especially don't do it when you already have warrants against you.
1: Yeah, particularly really serious ones like that. You know, it wasn't just like a speeding fine. It's actual murder. Um, so I thought that was pretty darn ridiculous. But the manager also called the cops on him too. So it ended up being pretty interesting. Cause of course you've got your cops body cam footage that I used in the episode as well. So you hear, you know, Antoine lukewarm fries' side of the story. And then you hear the managers, and you know, it all sort of journeys along to this grand conclusion of all these cops swarming on him and him finally getting nabbed. Oh, because of his stupid lukewarm fries. I mean. Come on. Such a man Karen thing to do.
2: Yeah, he definitely was not loving it as the McDonald's slogan goes.
1: No, <laughs> no. Certainly not by the end of it. He really wasn't <laughs> loving it. And also the manager had offered him a refund and everything. He could have could have really gotten out of that one a lot better if it wasn't for his own just hubris, I suppose. I also find it interesting with with the um like subway gropers, especially in New York. There was this old guy in his 70s and he'd been done for subway groping over a dozen times but every time he got arrested for it, he claimed that the young women had come up to him and targeted him and ground up on him and, and he was the victim. That's always just the most hilarious defence to me. It's like really they found the one, that, like, um, what's the word? Not pervert, not sexual deviant, Um <laughs> sex offender they found the, the sex offender on the train and then they they'd rubbed up against him just to try and ruin his day <laughs> it's like dude no that doesn't happen 16 times if ever
2: yeah and typically you know most uh, most attractive young women on the subway aren't looking for the 70 some year old guy to grind up against that's not yeah well how that works.
1: particularly when they're pushing strollers and then they also have like another kid with them like there were scenarios like that where it's just impossible to believe but he's he was all like why would I want to go near those girls I've got my wife at home like I made me wonder what the wife was thinking like was she thinking I hate him but marriage is forever or was she like why do those horrible young ladies keep rubbing up against my husband so rude of them
2: or why is he on the subway every day when he doesn't even have a job
1: (laughs) yeah and also he's banned from the subway so why is he still on the subway is another good question and so crazy yeah, people. Yeah then. Oh, well, wow, that's just it. See, in terms of actually being crazy though, because I just got a review where they were someone, you know, they like to rip, particularly women, a new one if they do comedy. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um, but yeah, this this one was just like um basically, yeah, how dare you? Because everyone you're talking about's insane. And it's like, but they're not diagnosed as being insane, they did not use insanity defenses. They're just making some interesting choices. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to categorize it. I mean, some of it really is crazy, but if they're not using that in court as a defense, I kind of tend to think it's sort of open game to talk about it. Whereas if like, I find cases where they are like, you know this is someone with a long history of mental illness, and I tend to avoid those
2: because one no, hundred percent agree Not as
1: funny, yeah and I don't want to pick on people who are struggling as such, but I don't know why she listened to a podcast called world's dumbest criminals. If she wanted a symposium on current like mental health issues <laughs> and treatment. Like, what? So, yeah. It's
2: well, and I, and I, and I think when you get into, like you said, the, the, when you said earlier, the name pretty much says it all, you know, if you're going to listen to that, what what are you supposed to vet all these criminals to see what they're you know their home life was like, where they brought up correctly, where they did they have, you know, abuse or something. They could, I mean, you can't do that stuff. You can only talk about the thing at hand, and that's the, yeah. crime, the the crime they committed.
1: But also, if there is a history of mental illness, it does normally come up in the defense. So if you're mm-hmm. reading, you know, the court notes for it. But if there's none of that there, I don't know that. I, like, I can't go around diagnosing people. I'm not a doctor. Neither was she, by the way. Um, so it's just like what I'm supposed to pre-diagnose anyone who does anything nutty as being insane and never talk about them. It just, yeah, that's that's not it. I shouldn't even be talking about this and giving it the time of day, really. It was just an interesting one. Like, what? Why did you listen in the first place?
2: <laughs> it, uh, the The Apple Podcast Reviews are, they're necessary. They're a big part of how you get ranked. They're a big part of how you get listeners. At the same time, they are extremely frustrating because anybody can say whatever they want. It can be a hundred percent wrong and mm. you really don't have any say. You can't respond to it. You can't, you know, at least with Google reviews, you can you can respond back to it, you know, but with an Apple iTunes review view. You know, somebody can, you know, call you anything in the book and say, make claims that never even happened on your show and you're just stuck with it. I mean, I know you can go and complain to Apple and sometimes they'll, re- they'll remove something, but it's very seldom and it's a pain in the neck even try to do that.
1: Yeah. Although I did learn that no one cares about your bad reviews but you. I mean, no one else cares sponsors unless, you know, there's a lot of probably similar things that are toxic behaviors but if someone like randomly says she hates all canadian mounties which is one i got several years ago i'm like well a i don't B, where did they get that from <laughs> like, who would hate all canadian mounties but yeah there's one of those floating around about me from years back and i have no clue where it came from just like uh but I've also had, a, like, my friends on my uh, Minds of Madness podcast, they actually got a review that was meant for me that said, oh, Tara's really funny. And he was like, she's not on my show. <laughs> he was like, Tara, I think this is for you. So sometimes they're not even writing about the podcast they're talking about when they're doing their review. They get mixed up.
2: Yeah, I've seen that before, too. I've seen people, <laughs> you know, just even reading reviews of other podcasts, I'll see something that's like, God, I don't think that's meant for them. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they didn't do a deep dive on some kind of like the Titanic or something like they're a sports show. What the hell? Yeah,
2: we did one or we had one uh, review one time and it talked about helicopters and all this stuff and come to find out after thinking you've got the wrong show. We had done an RSS feed drop for another show. And and it said at the beginning, this is for that show. And it was like a, a clip of their first episode. And that's what they were talking about. It wasn't even our show, but it was yeah. on our
0: feed.
1: <laughs> but most of them are really great though. So that's the thing. There's just some sort of, you know, the anonymous trolls that ruin it for everyone. I know a lot of podcasters won't even read their reviews because they just don't want to get their ass handed to them when like 95% of them are going to be just fabulous and saying how much they love what they're doing. It's a very small amount of people hiding behind their like stupid username, like Bertie's undies, 74.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the problem we have. And and to be honest with you, I don't look at reviews anymore, but that only just really took place in the last couple of months. I used to look at them and, you know, because I felt like that it was important that if you got a lot of the same review, that maybe it was something you needed to look at, but if you only get one ever so often, it's a, well, you need to change this, you need to change that. Well, I mean, I can't really dive into that because just because one person said it doesn't mean the majority of people feel that way. But if you get a lot to say the same thing, Mm. then maybe you need to look at it. Um, The ones that killed me are the ones who were personal attacks. I've had Tracy, you know, we've had her uh, voice criticized. We've had her IQ criticized. We've had, and those are the ones that just kill me because I'm like, that's not necessary. You can not like a show and want to leave a review and you can leave out. I think somebody's got the, they, they said one time that it sounded like she had the education of a six-year-old. Uh, one of them said that her voice was like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, uh, I've been told just...
1: that. <laughs> That's a go-to. <laughs> Tracy and I also have something else in common there in that our laughs get iTunes reviews, both good and bad. Because I did have a little look through yours as well. So um, sometimes my laugh is given a good review. And sometimes it's referred to as a giggle. And to- and like it's fake. And she should just stop laughing forever. You know? And I think I saw one of those for Tracy too.
2: People yeah, loving it.
1: People hating it. You know? like.
2: <laughs> and that's the thing. You, you, got, you can't just. Everybody's got a different opinion on something. It doesn't matter if, if you had the greatest product in the world. No matter what it is. Somebody's not going to like it.
1: Mm. You opinions have to go are with like the masses. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got at least three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your house is different than mine, but hey,
1: <laughs> I'm Australian. Things are different here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, everybody talks about how dangerous everything is in Australia.
1: That's why I live in the city. I'm sick of snakes. I once showered with a snake and I didn't even realise it till I went back into the bathroom to get my hair tie and it had come out from behind the shampoo bottles where it had been hiding and it was just like in in the shower recess. But my mother used to live in the country and I grew up in the country. Snakes, spiders, everywhere, bees, um, kangaroos. Also, you don't want to get in the way of a goanna. Like they will climb you like a tree. And you know kangaroos can disembowel you. And don't get me started on drop bears.
2: What's a goanna? Is that what you said?
1: A goanna? Yeah, they're kind of like a gigantic lizard that can be over a metre or several feet long, and they have, like, big claws. They don't tend to attack you on purpose, but they like to climb up trees and things, so they've got amazing big claws. And if you happen to get in their way while they're running off, they will climb you like a tree, and you won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> You won't like it. Nobody likes it. Um, It's never happened to me, but growing up as a little kid in the country was pretty scary, especially all the snakes. I hate snakes because a spider, if you really had to, you could kill a spider with your bare hands. But a snake, oh, that's a slippery fucker. And they're so fast. So, so fast. Yeah, oh uh, snakes! I'm like Indiana Jones. Oh, snakes can't deal. I walk down the street in the city. If I just see a curved stick on the footpath out of the side of my eye, I do a double take. Even after all these years.
2: Well, like you, I've showered with many snakes, and that's why I quit going to the gym. But that's right. <laughs>
1: That's a pretty good reason, though.
2: Well, but know, I, yeah, I, I heard koalas are you know, they look all cute and everything, but that their claws can be very dangerous if you, if you just try to walk up and pet one like it's at the zoo or something. But uh I've heard they can be pretty dangerous.
1: Oh, there's actually a picture of me when I'm about three years old at a koala park. So, you know, chubby little blonde girl, rosy cheeks, yellow ribbons in my hair. And I'm trying, I couldn't Pick the koala up enough because it's quite, they're quite heavy. And so it was just digging its claws into my back during the photo. And I kind of have it in a headlock. It looks like we're fighting to the death. And I wouldn't <laughs> have won that one unless like the handler stepped in. And then, of course, my brother, who's four years older, there's a picture of him smiling, holding the koala perfectly, not getting his back climbed by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can assure you, those claws, they're intense. Kangaroos are more dangerous, though, because they can disembowel you with their
2: foot. So when you say totally disembowel, I mean, what? how would that take place? Is that something that happens often over there? No, because
1: uh, people don't tend to sort of go up to them and pick a fight with them. Um, well, because they jump so well. If they jump up, they've got these gnarly long t- toenails. If they jump up and go down your stomach, they can literally. Have, but it's not something that it, I can't remember the last time it happened because people know to keep their distance. Though sometimes they they like lure dogs into ponds and try to drown them. So sometimes people do actually end up in a fist fight with a kangaroo to try and save their dog. There's some interesting footage of that on YouTube. Um, so that's pretty scary. But I, the kangaroo eventually backed off in those cases. And we have crocodiles. But not where I live, fortunately, because they're scary little death logs and not so little either. No. Yeah. If you live in the country in like the Northern Territory or Queensland, that's where just all the deadly things are. (laughs) Even I'm scared of the Northern Territory.
2: Are Are the kangaroos, are they like deer over here? Are they constantly like running in the road in front of cars? I mean, do you see very many of them on the side of the road, like roadkill?
1: In the country, yes. Um, But in the city, they tend to avoid the populated areas, which is nice, as do most of the snakes and things, which is why I'm a city girl, because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. And um, we didn't even have electricity or hot water or anything until we moved when I was seven. So I really I grew up in an area where the the animals were in charge.
0: (laughs) Um, I
2: was I was talking to our buddy, Natasha, and you know she lives over there in Queensland and she was telling me that uh like a lot of the continent is just like pretty much unlived in it's like you're on the coast and stuff It's where everybody lives mm-hmm. but as you get in inside it's like all desert and it's just miserable and nobody lives there i mean there's people that live there but it's just so few and far between it's just like most of the continent is just pretty much not used
1: well, yeah, because we've only got, I don't know, 21, 22 million people here and it's a really gigantic place and there is a lot of desert in like Western Australia, further out that way. But there's also a lot of um, mining in those areas and some people live underground in sort of like underground sort of carved out cave houses because it's so hot above the ground (laughs) they don't want to be there so I haven't actually gone and looked into that though I'd like to sort of have a trip and see although after watching Wolf Creek or at least some of Wolf Creek (laughs) that that made me not so keen oh that was that was so scary I had a panic attack and left
2: (laughs) it's still hard for me to understand I mean not understand but to get a grip on you don't think about the things like the season's being reversed. I mean, when it's oh, okay. winter here, it's summer for you guys. Yeah. And, it's and...
1: hot. I'm, I'm like a bit sweaty right now <laughs> and tomorrow's going to be outrageous. I'm so glad it's not today. Cause I'd be sitting here just with like, just like a shower of sweat running down my face and you're all rugged up over there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause I, know, I mean, and like it's, Christmas it's,
1: it's... in the mm-hmm. heat, that would be ridiculous to you.
2: See, I didn't even think about that part of it. It wasn't yeah, boiling hot. I, I wanted to move to Florida. So that would have <laughs> been it would have been that way at Christmas time there. But okay. You know, that and the toilets that that when you flush them, that they go the opposite way than what they do here. I always thought that was funny.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. But I should say, like, I'm not a massive expert on everything Australian. It's probably some Aussies listening going, Ugh. she didn't mention the, you know. 1894 toilet referendum or <laughs> you know there's probably things I'm missing out on in my history over here um but yeah i don't i don't know it kind of makes sense doesn't it because we're in a different part different sort of side of the world and gravity yeah. etc <laughs> the moon the sun something in there skinwalkers <laughs> drop bears that makes sense if you think about so, it so what's a drop bear uh, see now, I have to decide really quickly if I if I'm going to keep the legend alive, and I think I'm going to go with that. Um, well, they're they're large, they're similar to koalas, but they're like deliberately mean, and they generally hang up in the trees, and they hate tourists, so they they tend to like drop down on top of tourists and people who wear a lot of aftershave, and they attack. It's not a real thing, Jerry.
2: But, I was, uh, I was as sitting a, here thinking, so that's a completely mythical creature.
1: Yes. Yeah, as, as an Australian, there's kind of like you feel as though you have to try and keep the drop bear myth alive because a lot of people actually believe it. And since there's so many other things here that are kind of ridiculous and deadly, it, it fits in. I used to love fooling people with the drop bears, but beyond a certain point, you kind of like, I haven't guessed yet. You guessed pretty quickly. <laughs>
2: But you know, and now now I'm going back to something else you said. The lizards are that the same? Is that the same thing that in this part of the country we call it iguanas? Is that the no. same thing? No,
1: no, goannas and iguanas are different. Though they, I like okay. they both have the G names. I think they could be friends. Um, how big are iguanas? I feel like they're they're not as they're not they're only a few feet. Are they like yeah, they, several feet long?
2: They, they well, when you count how long their tail is, they can get to be about three feet.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, that's tiny. Goannas are several, particularly with their tails. And they, oh, if you count their tongues, they have these like flicky, outy, long,
2: snaky tongues. I do like that you came in with the feet, though, instead of uh, meters. There you go.
1: Well, yeah, I'm trying to adjust for you. <laughs> Don't ask me to do it with the temperatures, though, because <laughs> I'm not as good with that.
2: <laughs> I, I have to pull up my phone anytime somebody tells me. Cause I was talking to a young lady over in, uh, in Great Britain and she was like, oh, and it's so hot over here. And she said, it's so-and-so like 32 degrees Celsius or something. And I looked it up and it was literally like 72 degrees. I'm like, it gets, to, it gets to like 95 to a hundred degrees here. So that's, I was like, you're complaining about how hot it is to us. That's a beautiful spring day. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. They probably just not used to it there.
2: Yeah. It can be so crazy.
1: Yeah, it gets very hot here. But only sometimes. Melbourne's, because I'm in Melbourne in Victoria, and you'll have just a a ridiculously hot day that's, I don't know, several hundred, as you said. And then the next day you'll have one that's like half that. Sometimes it stays hot for a little while in a row, but up in Queensland and places like that, it it is just going to be boiling for months. But here in Melbourne, it just sort of flip-flops. So you get a bit of a break from it, which is nice.
2: What's the beaches like over there are, are there are there nice sandy beaches or most of them yeah. rocky or just uh No, very empty? sandy,
1: very sandy. Um but lots of rips too, particularly because, you know, if you're in a nice little bay, it'll be nice and calm. But there's a lot of the Australian coast that doesn't actually have any bays. So it's just wide open ocean. And so it can be quite dangerous as well because there's a lot of rips. People people die a lot here in the summer. They drown. And they're normally people trying to rescue their kids. There have been so many cases already this summer. Um, and it happens every summer. Um, so that's that's a bit sad, but it's going to be really quite deadly. The rips just pull you out, pull you under. Everything wants to kill you here, Jerry.
2: That's what I hear. <laughs> so Obviously, we've spent half this time just talking about things that want to kill you in Australia mm-hmm. and, and dispelling some myths and stuff, which is pretty cool because we don't have very many Australian guests on. Uh, so I like to be able to ask those questions. I'm sure a lot of people were thinking the same thing. So they see the memes and stuff and they want to know how realistic it is. So.
1: Uh, it depends where you are. I mean, if you're more in the country and you're more in a tropical environment, that's that's very true. But in the cities, there's a lot less because the animals are sort of scared away by it, by all the people. But in the country, it's the opposite.
2: Carol, <laughs> tell everybody again how they can keep up with your podcast and keep up with you on social media.
1: okay um so it's world's dumbest criminals podcast we have a big facebook group which is lovely um and world's dumbest criminals podcast is also my handle for instagram um twitter it's wd criminals pod and i'm on every platform imaginable spotify apple Stitcher. (laughs) Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find world's dumbest criminals. And yeah, it's just a fun show. And I go as in depth as I can with some stories if there's more information. And I really like using like um, police interview footage or body cam footage, things like that to get some actual sounds of the real things going down with the real characters as opposed to just narrating them. Though for the first half of of doing this, I was just narrating it, but lately I've realized it's far more interesting if I can get my hands on, on some audio of what's actually happening. So yeah, yeah. that's me it's, really.
2: It's definitely a super fun show and I would advise everybody to go listen. And if you're hearing this and you go listen and tune in, be sure to leave her a nice review and tell her that you listened to her on hillbilly horror stories so she loved, uh, that's why you start listening
1: thank you absolutely do what jerry said come on <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a point
2: <laughs> so so when you go look at reviews do you see just the ones from australia or do you see the ones from no. all over the world
1: no i do the charitable thing so they they put them all together i see them from all, all over the world but interestingly um This show is only about 20, World's Dumbest Criminals is only about 21% Australian and it's about 59% American. Um, Bloody Murder had more Australian, but it seems whatever I do podcast-wise, I actually have more of an audience in the US than I do in Australia. That just seems to be how that goes.
2: I think that's kind of the way it is all over Europe. I know a lot of British podcasters, same thing. They have Most of their listener base is US rather than uh, the Great Britain. So I think that's just kind of the way it is between Europe, Asia, Australia, and the, the Western part of the world.
1: Yeah. Although my friends who do Evidence Locker, they're a lot bigger in the UK than they are in Australia or the US. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. But you are you mostly American? Because it's just such a big country.
2: I, I would say uh, the last time I looked at our numbers, it was about sixty-eight to seventy percent American. Okay, yeah. At, 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 but then Australia is our second biggest country, and and then and then Great Britain and then Canada. So that those four, co- those four countries make up about ninety-three, ninety-four percent of our listens, and then there's the rest are kind of scattered all over the rest of the world.
1: Mm, I'm quite big in uh, Kazakhstan. I know I'm getting those lucrative uh, Kazakhstan dollars. They're coming in very (laughs) handy. I I eat my caviar out of a diamond bowl now.
2: That's nice. I know. It was awesome having you on, babe. I'm glad we were able to make time and uh, I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah. Great talking to you, Jerry. Thank you.
2: All right, guys, that wraps it up for us. Uh, Go uh, listen to Tara's podcast. Because we can never have enough of dumb criminal stories.
0: You could probably seriously do a story, uh, several stories every day of the (laughs) dumb things that people do.
2: This is true. All right, guys. We love you so much. Uh, Get your tickets to the Louisville show. It's coming up faster than you think. And we're limited on tickets there. I think there's only like 60 tickets available. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We hope you all have a very blessed week. We love you guys and we will talk to you soon.